Welcome to a Latter-day Family Podcast. I'm Todd Michael. I'm Amber Michael. Did you miss us? Did you wonder where we were? (laughs) Was your Friday morning just not the same? (laughs) Sorry for the delay this week. We have literally been trying each day and failing due to our 10-month-old, 11-month-old. Yes, he's either not sleeping in our normal podcasting time, not sleeping during our alternate podcasting times, <laughs> not sleeping period. <laughs> anyway, so we're making a go of it. It's Friday after lunch. This is basically our last chance yeah. to make it work for Friday or else it'll become a Saturday post. Yeah. Maybe a Sunday post. No. We'll do twice as long next week it'll just be a big fat <laughs> they're like no two thanks, topic no podcast <laughs> you guys talk long enough <laughs> <laughs> oh guys maybe you could pare it down to a 20 minute episode <laughs> anyway speaking of the two topics one topic today's topic is your body and how satan hates your body and wants you to hate it too mm-hmm. and we don't use that word lightly the word hate is a strong word Mm -hmm. And we are using it in its strongest form Mm -hmm. in this particular regard. Satan detests your body. So I want to talk a little bit about why that might be. So let's go to the beginning. (laughs) Back in the war in heaven, there was a third of the host of heaven who were cast out. And part of their punishment was that they would never receive a physical body. Satan, of course, being the leader of that group. They were spirits. They had all the same potential that we had, but they were forever condemned to keep their first estate, to never gain a physical body. So if you think about that, if you logically follow that to its conclusion, they still exist. They exist here on the earth to tempt and torment us, basically. Mm -hmm. And they they are Satan's legions. Now, If you just think about regular people that you know who have physical bodies, like people that you can see and interact with, Mm -hmm. and how easily um, jealous or vindictive we can get. Yeah, about each other's bodies. Yeah, or just about anything. Like, just, yeah, like you can become super jealous about dumb things. Mm -hmm. Imagine feeling the jealousy that would come from knowing that you never will progress, you never will receive a physical body. And people that you associated with, mm-hmm. that you can remember associate, right? We, we're under the veil. They're not under any veil. They remember the war in heaven, clearly. Mm-hmm. They remember us before we came to earth, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And seeing those same people now cruising around in their bodies and progressing, yeah. imagine the jealousy that would that would well up in anyone. Mm-hmm. But now we're talking about the third of the host of heaven who were not even righteous enough to just make it to earth. I mean, look at all the people who've come to earth and some of the terrible, wicked people (laughs) who still were in the two thirds who chose to come. So we're talking about even less obedient or less, you know, noble spirits. And they're the ones who are going to hate and resent us. Mm -hmm. So when I say Satan, I mean, Satan and his followers. Yeah. I mean, do you think that that came from me? This is just speculation because we obviously don't know. All right, right I'll now, throw my like, tie over my shoulder. Go ahead. No. 
Well, do you, what do you think, like, why would they choose that? If, why would they have chosen that if they were going to be jealous of, of it? Well, why would they be jealous of something right. they didn't want? Like, because if I, sure. somebody chose to have like a Ferrari or something and I had no interest in that, then right. I wouldn't be jealous of it. Yeah. Them. Well, I think there had to be a certain amount of deception involved. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was a war, then a war of words, then there was convincing. And obviously, yeah, there was agency. So they did choose it. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder if, because that is a good point. Yeah, it could be that they're perfectly yeah, perfectly content. And they're like, no, I love this. I just hate you guys. So I'm going to still make yeah. you miserable. It's like if you're happy with your choices, but, you usually don't care. But yeah. But it tells us in the scriptures that Satan seeks for us to be miserable like unto himself. Mm-hmm. So it's true that he's wanting us to be miserable, but I guess it's hard to know if it's because he's jealous and angry and bitter, or if it's just, that's like his role. And so that's what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Mm, I don't have an answer to think about. Yeah. Okay. So my perspective is speculative and your question is speculative. It's all speculative. (laughs) Obviously we can't interview some demons and be like, so (laughs) are you doing this out of jealousy or (laughs) is it more of a Zen sort of thing for you? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) So how long have you been tempting me? I Are mean, you assigned to me personally? Personally, yeah. <laughs> let's get a Ouija board and find out. No, let's not. <laughs> but um, I suppose we'll know once we pass back through the veil. We would sure. have more of a clear understanding. Yeah. But... but at any rate, the point being, Satan will never get a body. And there has mm-hmm. to be a certain amount of contempt. Um, and and if not jealousy, at least resentment. There definitely is. For the yeah. other two-thirds who chose. Yeah. to come to earth. So all this to say, if you know that he hates your body and you know that he wants you to hate your body, because obviously he wants to convince you or deceive you, deceive you into agreeing with him, mm-hmm. then what are the things that he's doing to get you to hate your body? Cause it's easy to just say that blanket mm-hmm. statement. Satan hates your body. Yeah. He hates you. Well, what's the proof? Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what does that mean? How does that manifest? Mm-hmm. And if he's cunning and deceptive in hating me, Mm-hmm. then I need to be really careful about acknowledging all the ways that he can. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm just going to fall prey to it and be like, no, this isn't part of Satan's plan. This is what I want. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. That was a long intro. I'm sorry, guys. No, okay. It's kind of my uh, doctrine according to Todd Yeah. <laughs> explanation for this, but it logically makes sense. I would love if people have a different theory of the reasons why I would love to hear them. So yeah. send us a DM. That's something we talk about though a lot is that the different things that Satan does show do that make you show that he wants to you to destroy your body or be unhappy with and it. He wants or, you to be miserable. Yeah. And he wants to ruin your progress. Yeah. So that part's true, it's just the why. But yeah. we don't need another why. We why. don't need to, yeah. So obviously one of the first and foremost is comparison. Um his main tool of making everyone feel, you know, they say comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Main tool of making everyone and anyone feel like whatever body they have is not good enough is comparing to bodies that other people have. Mm-hmm. Whether that's I'm too short, I'm too tall, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I have too big of ears, mm-hmm. I have too small of ears. Yeah. The list goes on and on and on and on. Um, and there's no way around that. I mean, we're all going to be different. So. Yeah. We are going to compare Mm -hmm. and there are healthy applications of comparison, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
being able to check in with well helps you progress in a lot of ways yeah, if you're with like, your see what choices. other people are doing yeah right. and you say i'd like to do that too and well try. with your body it mostly comes down to like your progression against yourself mm -hmm. are you being a wise steward of the body you were given mm -hmm. you can't do a whole lot to be more or less like anyone else mm -hmm. but you can become the best version you are yeah it's like you. you can't say well i'm shorter than other people so i'm gonna do something about that you can't really right. do anything yeah. about your height yeah <laughs> not really i know i can't amber <laughs> you're not sure i wear shoes to help <laughs> You're taller than me so <laughs> that works out but um if you have things that are like you could have a healthier body so that you're able to do more things right or you know take care of yourself things that you can't control mm -hmm. you have to think about the things that you can take care of yourself and that's another layer so satan gets people to be on these like extreme ends of that though mm -hmm. where then you think oh well i need to be in control of my health i need to be really healthy and then people get eating disorders mm -hmm. or or get trapped in these, you know, like fad diets yeah. where in the name of health, mm -hmm. I'm doing this. But is it actually healthy? I know. Yeah. You could look at somebody and say that person looks really healthy. They could be on have an eating disorder or mm -hmm. something like that. And you could be. Or binging and yeah, then or, going on a juice only fast mm -hmm. for two weeks at a time or these yeah. insane things that don't follow the word of wisdom yeah. that aren't good for your body. So but, comparing yourself in that way would yeah. be harmful to your body because it's destroying your organs and your other things like right. that. So yeah, you should be the best, ber best version of yourself that you can, but also with healthy, productive mm -hmm. tactics, not mm -hmm. just falling victim for anything that makes you think you're becoming healthier, better. Yeah. Well, like, so you don't know everybody. Each person has a different set of, like, where they're coming from, too, and circumstances and life. Genetics. Things that have happened. Yeah, yeah, genetics and everything like that. So you really can't compare yourself to others. It's one that I fall prey to a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Because I do have a harder time with with the pregnancies that we've had. We're mm -hmm. all preeclampsia. So and I did gain more weight than I wanted to mm -hmm. when I was pregnant. And we've been, we've had five pregnancies in the last right, seven, years. seven years so yeah. so i'm definitely not at the weight where i'm happy with but then comparing myself off oftentimes i'll be like well that person had a baby and they're back to their pre-pregnancy right. weight it's just one example of what i do yeah <laughs> and then you always give me the speech about <laughs> different circumstances right. speech but it is true it doesn't mean i should just say well this is what my circumstances are. I give up. I'm just yeah, gonna be I had like preeclampsia, so I guess I have to be fat. I have to be the weight that the I donuts. am. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely don't feel that way. Yeah. But I also can't be like I'm just gonna zip. There's all <laughs> weight gone yeah, immediately. Just for willpower alone. Yeah. And, and within two months, I've yeah. And some people work really this. hard to lose weight after they have babies, and some people don't have to. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just easy for them, but. Well, yeah, and it comes like down one to example. when it comes down to the mindset of I'll be happy when uh -huh. versus I'll be happy while mm -hmm. this transformation is happening. Mm -hmm. So we all are trying to become, well, we all should be trying to become a, the best version of ourselves and mm -hmm. become more like our savior. Mm -hmm. But if you say, I'm going to wait until the end of my life until yeah. I've accomplished all these things to be happy, yeah, you're going to, number one, be choosing not to be happy along the process, mm -hmm. but also probably never actually get to whatever that false expectation yeah. is and never even accomplish the happiness at the end. Yeah. If you have the mindset of I will be happy 
or choose to be happy as I'm living according to my ideals, my principles, the things that I believe in mm-hmm. and enjoy the journey along yeah. the way, that's a lot more productive and a lot healthier. So yeah, enjoying the, the process of it. Right. Yeah. So applying it to your example, like mm-hmm. you can say, well, what I'm this weight, I'll be happy with yeah. my body, be happy with myself. Well, all that does is give Satan room to say, oh, well, you big failure. Yeah, you might as well give Look up. at you. You're not there yet. <laughs> exactly. And that just spirals, spirals, spirals to other things. Exactly. Um, I agree. I think one of the, another um, related pressure that Satan uses a lot is like, well, it's kind they're all kind of interrelated, but like tattoos, piercings, mutilations mm-hmm. that people do to look different or look interesting or whatever, mm-hmm. as well as plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Those are all like modifications, unnatural modifications that mm-hmm. people make to their bodies. And so it's one thing if you're like, you know, extreme fad dieting and you're slimming down really fast, mm-hmm. but it's at least still your own body mm-hmm. or you're like working out four hours a day and you're trying to bulk up and you're mm-hmm. building tons of muscle, but like to an extreme extent, but it's still your own muscle. You still mm-hmm. built it. That's one thing, but it's another thing entirely when people are just completely changing their body and adding unnatural mm-hmm. things. And I'm not saying, Oh, you got a tattoo. What a sinner. Yeah, are you, judging, yeah. yeah. Or you have an extra period. It's not so much about that. It's just the mindset of uh-huh. not accepting your body in its natural form I'm and saying, yeah, I'll be happy with my body if I change it or mm-hmm. mutilate it or alter it in these ways. Most of them, really unnatural and irreversible yeah you know like you can technically can get a tattoo removed but not fully you can take a piercing out and it'll kind of close up but not fully Mm -hmm. you can get plastic surgery and probably i assume maybe get somehow it undone but probably not really very effectively Mm -hmm. like other than breast implants removed or something but like if you have part of your nose taken out so that it's smaller how do you undo that? I don't that? know. <laughs> Maybe they can't, but you know? I don't know. Uh, by the way, I'm talking about cosmetic plastic surgery, yeah. not like someone was in a horrible accident and they need well, you know. some medical reasons. <laughs> yeah, or things course. like that. Um, but just my point being, there are a lot of unnatural things that we do to appear to be better. But like, think about that through God's eyes. Do you mm-hmm. really think in his eyes, you are more beautiful or more whole or complete of a person when you have more unnatural things about you mm-hmm. than when you're in the form in which he created you. Yeah. Well, and I don't mean that like just become lazy and unhealthy and mm-hmm. that's how God made me. But I mean like doing the healthy things that change you, mm-hmm. but in a way that still is you. Yeah. There's like, there are natural things that you can do for your body that I think follow along with like taking the body that is a gift to you from heavenly father and that you are given to take care of. Like that's something that he gave you. Um, to you take in your job is to take care of it the best that you right. can. You're like a if somebody gave you, yeah, exactly, you're a steward to that. And rather than just altering it to be what you want it to be, think about what you Heavenly Father would want it to be mm-hmm. and do accordingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually, those are more like along the lines of like healthy things that are going right. to help it grow stronger and to do his work. Because right. if you do things that cut your body down and diminish it, or you're just worried about outward appearance only, then right. it's not going to help you serve others better. It's not going to help you to raise your family and have yeah. the energy to take care of no. your kids and stuff like that any better. But if you're healthy, 
or in the ways that you can, obviously, mm-hmm. people have health issues and right. stuff like that. But yeah, I just mean, mean like the, the be- ways that you can control by mm-hmm. making your body stronger, making all your lungs, your heart, keeping your them mind. healthy the best you can, mm-hmm. the mind, your mind healthy. Exactly. And that's what's going to matter, I think. Well, and this comparison probably will desperately fall short because you can't really compare anything to a, 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 the gift of a body. But mm-hmm. for a small analogy, think about like if somebody loaned you their car for the weekend Mm -hmm. and you could take the car and use it for the weekend and maybe clean it out or take it through a car wash and Mm -hmm. make sure you return it with a full tank of gas and, you know, make sure you don't leave any trash or whatever. And there you go. Great. Or you could take it and be like, "Mm, I'm going to do some mods on this ride, (laughs) but (laughs) spoiler on the back, maybe change out some components under the hood Mm -hmm put some spinners on the rims, (laughs) like do all these things that you personally think are great Mm -hmm. and you enjoy for the weekend. Mm -hmm. But then when the weekend's over and you go to return it to the person that you borrowed it from, like, what is their reaction going to be? They're going to be like, Oh, great. Thanks for all these changes. Yeah. They'd be like, Whoa, what the heck? This isn't the same car I gave you. What Mm -hmm. did you do to it? And so I think that that mindset, yes, our, our body is a gift from God, but it's like you're saying, we're stewards of it. And he has certain, expectations of what we mm-hmm. do with it. If we just say like, well, to my body, I get to do whatever I want with mm-hmm. it. Well, sure, you have moral agency, but that doesn't mean whatever you choose to do is just automatically the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Just like anything you choose to do with a car that you borrow isn't going to be the best thing you could do with mm-hmm. it. Sure, you technically have it for the weekend. You could take all the tires off and put it on blocks. Yeah. doesn't mean that's the greatest thing to do with your friend's car. Yeah. And it's not like you can't have decisions about your body. Like, obviously, you have control over, like, what kind of makeup you wear or well, how you have your hair cut or, right. you know, what kind of clothes you wear as far as modest ones go. And Whether there, you're you have lots runner of... runner or boxer. You know, just... what you like to do, though, to take <laughs> those care of it. Things, yeah, those like... kinds of things. You have tons of choices yeah. of stuff you can do with your body. That's the whole point of it, of why we say Satan hates your body. It's because you can do all these amazing things with your body. Right. Um, there, He's never going to get to experience those things. Even yes. if you think about something as simple as like feeling, standing in the sunshine and feeling sun on your face yeah. or wind blowing through your hair or something tiny like that. There's yeah. big things too, obviously, but just even those little tiny things, he's not going to ever experience that. Right. So he doesn't, value them or he doesn't want you to have them and he wants to ruin them as much as he can and yeah you're right it's not just a like you know zero-sum game where you're just like well whatever you do just don't, don't do anything with your body yeah, yeah just go through life like a mummy yeah no absolutely you you the whole point of a lot of the things that um you know god has revealed to safeguard your body are actually to maintain those freedoms mm-hmm. like think about substance abuse or mm-hmm. addiction to prescription drugs or anything like that like those are all ways that we preserve our moral agency and our ability to make those choices or Mm -hmm. to do different things um and if somebody is casual with those things i mean you look at anyone who's addicted to Mm -hmm. any substance they don't have as much choice or freedom they're basically a slave to their next fix yeah that's a great point if you look at somebody who misuses their body in ways that are dangerous like you know risking their safety Mm -hmm. totally recklessly Mm -hmm. and then they end up having you know an accident or or getting injured in a way that is irreversible yeah again those are things where you push that line you 
lose out on some of that mm-hmm. freedom and that control. Yeah. Um, same with your mind, you know, like ways that, that people, um, I mean, most of it is through substance abuse, but ways mm-hmm. that people lose kind of their cognitive ability mm-hmm. prematurely, not just from old age. Or mm-hmm. There are all these ways that you can limit your choices and, and everything that the gospel prescribes is ways to preserve that, that yeah. freedom, that moral agency. Yeah. And I think that one of the maybe overlooked, but really common ways that Satan kind of causes us to misuse our bodies is just through complacency just like we do nothing right (laughs) basically is you have this potential but you are not using it yeah wasted potential is so yeah it's so (laughs) common like Mm -hmm. even with like a lot of days i feel like i'm fairly motivated to do things throughout Mm -hmm. the day but every once in a while, I'll have those days where I'm like, I just really don't feel like doing anything. And mm-hmm. I'm my body is perfectly capable of it. Mm-hmm. But and as soon as I start doing stuff, I feel a lot better. Right. And you have those times where you're like kind of doing nothing, kind of being more on the oh, lazy yeah. side. Yeah. And you feel almost just tired and just junky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as soon as you start getting active and doing stuff and accomplishing stuff and it just you have more energy. You feel like after. you have more energy yeah. and you feel better in your spirit too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and the Lord loves effort and our bodies were built to work and to accomplish things. And so Mm -hmm. I I think there's a lot to that. And um, if we go back specifically to the ways that Satan convinces us to be complacent, like Mm -hmm. the whole world of entertainment is centered around complacency. It's that you don't need to do anything. Just sit there and we Mm -hmm. will deliver everything to you. Are you, are you lonely we will deliver a social-like experience to you through oh, yeah. all of these platforms. Are you hungry? We will have food sent to you. You don't have to cook it or know how to make it or know what's in it. We'll just have it dashed to do your door. You don't door. even have to go through a drive through right. anymore if you do don't want you to. Do you want income? Well, here are all these really dishonest or lazy ways that you can mm-hmm. earn enough to get by or you know government mm-hmm. systems that you can kind of skate by on mm-hmm. are you um you know single and and looking to be with someone well forget that here here's a bunch of porn and here's a bunch of mm-hmm. online sites where you can just swipe on people and feel better about yourself yeah. or are you um you know interested in learning about the world well you don't have to study anything we'll just prepackage all of this all this messaging, this propaganda, reach the conclusion for you, and you just have to kind of park yourself in front of it and mm. throw it a like. Do you want to get an education? Don't worry, we'll give you a degree. <laughs> All you have to do is pay us some money and kind of fake your way through these classes. You're not going to be challenged. You're not going to be really tested. Yeah. Like everything right, has been centered the around the least common denominator Mm -hmm. and keeping everybody included to the point of nobody is stretched or challenged because there is no objective standard yeah everything is just watered down to as long as everyone's included then that's all that matters everyone can just do Mm -hmm. the same crap things and then each motivation for excellence or for sacrifice or for pushing yourself to do something anything is just gone. And so, mm. yeah, you, you get this kind of collective acceptance of mediocrity mm-hmm. to a degree I cannot understand. Like why anyone would be cool with that 
doesn't make sense to me, but I do yeah. see all around me people who are. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, well, as long as most of us aren't doing anything. Or just the, ex- the excuse making is another mm-hmm. one. Like Satan gives us so many convenient excuses to not do anything. Yeah. Like, oh, but true. I have this thing. I have this. I'm a victim in this way. That's I have true. this challenge. I'm uniquely so special such a special little flower i couldn't possibly do this yeah instead of just being like hey i'm challenging myself i'm gonna go for it yeah i'm gonna try that it goes back to like some of the stuff we've talked about in past episodes like feeling anxiety and Mm -hmm. um other things like that that stop an eye on growing your potential and capacity yeah which the fear and fear that keeps you from going forward makes you more complacent like if i don't do things that are scary then I'm not going to get hurt basically, but, but then you're complacent. You're not, you're not growing. You're not doing things to build up the kingdom. You're not serving others. You're kind of stuck. Yeah. You're You're like idle. Right. And God says that the lukewarm will be spewed out. (laughs) So it's like, you can think that idle is safe, but it's not not bad. Yeah. At least I'm not bad, but you're also not good. At least I'm not doing anything terrible with my body, but you're not doing anything great with your body either. Mm -hmm. You're just a waste of space and carbon. Yeah. (laughs) It's harsh, but it's easy to point to all the other things and say, well, those are bad things. You shouldn't you know, yeah, not, I'm easily avoiding hurt all the your, physically hurt yeah. your body with addictions and things like that. Yeah. But but to not do anything. Are you serving others? Are you striving to be as healthy as you can be? Are you controlling what you can, what you put into your body? Are mm-hmm. you nurturing your spirit because your body is your vessel for your spirit? So you're making sure your spirit yeah. is strong and your body's strong. Yeah. There are a lot of proactive things mm-hmm. that we have to do instead of just thinking about the sins of commission. Yeah, and that one's going to be like a constant one that you're working on because sure. it's easy to get complacent even just for one minute, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. So that's a work in progress. It's going to be for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. So a lot of the things we've talked about have to do with things that we do to our own body, but I don't think that's the only way that Satan works on us or, or tries to get us to hate our bodies or or that he expresses his hatred or contempt for mm-hmm. our bodies a lot of it has to do with things that people do to others mm-hmm. that's true um and they're interrelated it's not like a distinct you know one category and another but just along those lines like things like abuse or bullying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or shaming like the things that um people do to make others feel worse about their bodies or to actually damage or harm people's bodies or obviously mm-hmm. taking people's lives, like, yes. you know, murder, things like yes. that. Um, and there are so many ways that Satan helps these things seem more comfortable, mm-hmm. seem more normal and natural. Um, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know how much we want to get into the weeds with examples, but I just think it's important to remember that our actions will be held accountable for our actions with our own body, but also with our actions toward others and Mm -hmm. things that we, if there are things that any of us are doing that is making someone else feel worse about their body or making them or encouraging them to take worse care of their body, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's your children or your, you know, roommates or whoever it is Uh that you're interacting with you're accountable for that too and Mm -hmm. satan 
knows that. And I think that's another great tool that he uses because even if you won't listen to his whisperings, we're heavily influenced by the people around us. I know, like we said, he doesn't have a body, so he's not going to be able to come and bully you himself. Right. He's going to use other people. He's going to yeah. use the things that are around you, the people that are around you. Right. So He can't incite violence. I mean, he can't be violent, but he can incite violence exactly. like nobody else. Yeah. Um, another one, and it was one that they talked a little bit about on the last episode of Spiritual Arson. If you guys haven't listened to the pornography episode, I highly recommend it, but... Um, even just like within otherwise healthy relationships, people can disrespect each other's bodies. So like in a, you know, in, in physical intimacy within a marriage, um, if you're trying to do things that humiliate your partner or mm -hmm. things that, um, you know, just make your partner feel bad about their body or about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I see this all the time with, you know, this sarcastic mm -hmm. kind of crap that married couples will pull to belittle each other or to kind of joke around like, yeah. you know, you're worthless or you're, oh, well, if you weren't so this or you weren't so that or yeah. just kind of making fun of each other, but not in like a lighthearted, no. loving way where it's clear that you don't mean anything by it. It's like exploiting weaknesses oh, yeah. for your own entertainment. In a lot of ways, it's, you know, a way of shaming them, but without just... Owning it's just up a to, joke. Yeah, without thing, owning yeah. up to whatever it is that you have uh -huh. a problem with. Yep. Instead of just having, if you have a problem talking about it. Yeah. And then you make fun of the person, but say it's like in jest. Right. It's not. <laughs> and I think that really has so much power because here are these people who really are supposed to be the people that you can trust the mm -hmm. most to build you up, your mm -hmm. family. And they're, and I, you know, I say spouses, but it's also parent to child, yeah. child to parents, mm -hmm. like siblings, you know, this across the board. But um, here are these people who you're supposed to be able to trust to build you up and yeah. you're getting torn down by them or getting, you know, harassed by them. I yeah. think that's that one we need to really be cautious of. Uh -huh. And it can seem mm -hmm. so harmless and so casual because it's represented all over the place. Oh, yeah. It's it's so normal in sitcoms for the cutting sarcastic digs mm -hmm. to be the base, basic humor. Like that is the basis of most sitcoms yeah say something sarcastic oh I know. say something cutting oh <laughs> belittle the people that you're supposed to care about oh <laughs> the laugh track normal. runs exactly. well that laugh track is not god's laugh track that's no. satan's laugh track yeah i agree um one that i was thinking of was the for parents is um teaching your children about their bodies that's right. one of that's one that I think parents don't want to do sometimes because it's like awkward or embarrassing to teach them about their bodies, but that's yeah, your job. Sure. And so if you teach them that your their body is shameful, mm -hmm. then they're gonna grow up believing that too. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna be embarrassed about their bodies. They're not gonna ask you about stuff, they're not gonna talk to you about that's it. True. So just the act of teaching them age appropriately. Mm -hmm. what their bodies do, right. even just anything about their the body. The basics really of just basics gender, of just, like yeah. that gender is a thing. It's exactly. not a social freaking construct. <laughs> exactly. It's by divine design that we are given gender and it's part of our eternal and physical existence. Yep. And so 
having your little boys understand that they're little boys and why they're little boys and that God made them little boys mm-hmm. and your little girls, that they are little girls and that they will always be little girls and God made them little girls. Mm-hmm. Something that basic is mm-hmm. like... You could teach that to a two-year-old. Yeah, it's so vital. But if you aren't teaching it, though, I guarantee the world will give them an alternate message. Oh, yeah. And that's really what a lot of this boils down to. It's like if you're not seeking these things out, whether it's for yourself or for your kids... Mm-hmm. Um, that is Satan's most powerful tool is creating widely accepted, very good feeling mm-hmm. deceptions and lies about your body and what's okay and not okay for your body mm-hmm. that it, it almost feels less kind or less caring mm-hmm. to rebel against them. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't plan on drilling on this, but <laughs> I'll see if I can offend some of our listeners. Abortion is a huge one where, you know, God has mm. made it very clear through his prophets, through his servants, that abortion is abhorrent and under only very specific circumstances should it be considered. But in most mm-hmm. circumstances, people should do everything they can to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And that's a sensible, logical perspective when you think about the purpose of bodies and God's will for spirit bodies or for spirits to come and gain physical bodies. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to the arguments and support, of abortion, it sounds like the opposite. Like, well, here are these women trying to have control over their bodies and trying to have mm-hmm. freedom to choose and freedom to be able to mm-hmm. have autonomy. And who is anyone else to tell them what to do with their body? And it can start to twist you and be like, well, yeah, yeah I support bodies are important. And I support agency. So yeah. I must support abortion because women want to be able to. And it's yeah. like, and that's just one mm-hmm. small example. There's tons of other ones, like with, you know, people being able to choose to change their gender or people mm-hmm. being able to choose to do these extreme, again, going back to plastic surgery, these extreme mutilations and transformations of mm-hmm. their body when, like, that's not, you have to take it back to God's intention for our bodies. And mm-hmm. it's, it can be hard because of those social pressures, but it's important to identify those and remember where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. If it's not clear that they're coming from God, then don't mess around with them. Don't waste your time with them because ultimately, they're not going to bring you or anybody else happiness. Yeah. Satan can lull us into comfort for a season, but ultimately he does not uphold those who follow him. Mm-hmm. Only God does. And every th- power that Satan has is temporary to this earth. God is the only one with eternal power. And in the end, following him is the only way we can be eternally happy. Mm-hmm. Um, even something as simple enough, I feel like most of my examples apply to women. So I feel like kind of a, <laughs> douchebag for bringing well, I these say, up. I but... approve of this message. I'm <laughs> just, a woman. <laughs> even something as simple as like how quick people are to change their hair color or to like wear contact lenses and change their eye color. Like mm-hmm. these things. And again, think about God giving us our bodies. And I don't think he's like outright oh, okay, offended. Yeah. You dyed your hair red. I yeah. made you a brunette. But I'm just saying like some of these things are such kind of frivolous pursuits mm-hmm. when it comes down to like what are you going to be a better person because your hair is dyed versus not or are you gonna yeah you know have more charity because you're wearing contacts versus if you're not like some of the things that we put our energy into and i'm mm-hmm. not saying that they're inherently terrible mm-hmm. i'm just saying we get caught up in these things yeah that being seem, caught up and obsessing yeah that seem time. important uh-huh. that relate to our bodies when really like what matters most is just that you are trying to get enough rest, Mm -hmm. get proper nutrition, exercise, and then using as much of your time as you can to serve and learn Mm -hmm. and become... 
who your father in heaven wants you to become. And, and he's not going to care. Like at the end of your life, he's not going to say, mm-hmm. you know, oh, well, I wish that your hair looked this way. Yeah. Thou okay and faithful servant. You would have been a good and faithful if you had curled your hair more or whatever yeah, the thing yeah. is, you know, or for men, you know, if you'd shaved more, if you'd mm-hmm. grown a beard, like these, I, and I, I get that people want that individuality and I'm not of course, yeah. knocking that. No. I'm just saying sometimes people get so caught up in these unimportant aspects of who we are or how we express our identity when the most important identity we have is as a child of God and our bodies are already inherently magnificent because they came from him. Mm -hmm. We were created in his image. Mm -hmm. That's as good of a endorsement of what I was given as I will need. Yeah, of course. And it comes down to like how much time and thought are you putting into this each day? Like if you're spending right. so much of your time worrying about like an hour superficial and a half things morning routine of yeah. That doesn't include scripture study. Yeah. Maybe then maybe check you that need ratio to a bit. Lower it a little bit. If you're spending bit, more yeah. time on your makeup or more time on your flexing in front of the mirror or whatever <laughs> yeah, than you are studying the gospel. Yeah, on your <laughs> beard oil <laughs> then but, uh, maybe you need to switch that yeah, ratio but you should question that a little bit yeah. maybe well i didn't have time to study my scriptures today but i had an hour and a half to do my hair and makeup okay yeah. so maybe that needs to change right or i didn't have time to help these neighbors with whatever moving or yard yeah, work but or I whatever could do a workout but i could do this or that which <laughs> yeah. of course those things are fine like you said you have your agency and your body yeah. but why did God give you the body? Exactly. Why did God give you that moral agency? Exactly. Take it back to that question and it will refocus a lot of the things that we mm-hmm. pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, That's when I have to remind myself about a lot of times because I spend a lot of time doing, taking care of our family, mm-hmm. which is are good things. But, but then I still feel, yeah, they're not glamorous, but I still sometimes at the end of the day feel frustrated that I wasn't able to do it's stupid, but some of the like frivolous things. I'm like, I didn't have any time to yeah. do any of these things for myself. Yeah. But I did homeschool with the kids in the morning and I did fed them and got us all fed and got the house clean and, got, and did all these did other the things that were yeah. actually were serving sure. my family. Yeah. Um, so it's hard because the world tells you it's enticing. Yeah. You have to do these things for yourself or else mm-hmm. you're not taking care of yourself. Obviously, moms a lot of times sacrifice everything and they yeah, don't they give too themselves far. Sure. anything sure. i'm just saying they a lot of times the world says you need to self-care you need <laughs> to have this me time for yourself at some points in your life you just don't have that right as it's gonna much. ebb and flow it's gonna ebb and flow exactly so you shouldn't beat yourself up at, i shouldn't beat myself up at the yeah. end of the day when i'm like i took care of my family all day today but i didn't <laughs> do some frivolous thing for myself. I didn't get to read as long as I was yeah, wanting to. Yeah, exactly. Or, it's taken me months to get like a few chapters in my book. Yeah, so I'm oh, a whatever. big reader. So yeah, I could finish a book quickly. But, you know, for the last year since we've had our youngest one, I haven't had as much time for reading because yeah. he's taken up a lot of extra time. And we started doing homeschool. That took right. up, you know, four hours a day. <laughs> and then all my regular stuff just taking care of household stuff. But yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm never gonna get to read a book quickly again. And it right. doesn't mean that my time was wasted. And if you had switched those priorities and said, Well, it's important <sighs> for me to be able to read, so 
forget homeschooling our kids. I'll yeah. just kind of do a half a job or yeah. whatever. Like that, that's also not going to be justified. And no. we're, we're, we're constantly having to readjust. Like you said earlier, like you have to recalibrate your priorities and making sure you're not becoming complacent, but also mm-hmm. not misplacing your time and your priorities. Um, and yeah, there are different seasons. There's times when you're going to have things that you can and can't do. And, and I think that I think yeah. about that all the time too. Like right now I'm young and healthy and, you know, can do a lot of physical things. And so I try to go mm-hmm. out of my way to use that in the service of other people oh, as much yeah. as I can, because I know there's a time uh-huh. when I'm, you know, maybe 80 and I'm not going to have as much of that, but I might yeah. have more time to do family history or to yeah. do And that's not to say I mean, that. you never know. You take care of your body now. <laughs> yeah, and true. you could, like, my grandpa at his funeral, and he died, he's like 92, I think. Yeah. And at his funeral, the, they were, the bishop was telling a story about how they were getting volunteers for people to go, you know, snowplow people's driveways. And yeah. he's raising, he raised his hand <laughs> and he's yes. like, told my grandpa, no, you're one of the ones we're supposed to be plowing your <laughs> driveway. You're not supposed to be volunteering <laughs> to do it. You know, he's like in his late eighties. Yeah. That's so great. So you never know. You yeah. Care that's yourself. true. <laughs> that's true. You keep doing the things that you want to keep doing. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think overall, if we think about the ways that Satan convinces us to hit our body, it really comes down to, Um, he doesn't want to see us reach our full potential. He doesn't want us to progress and become like God. Mm -hmm. He knows that he won't, and he wants us to be miserable Mm -hmm. like he is. Mm -hmm. And there are many ways, and we'd have to have like five episodes to even come close to listing off all the ways that he can deceive us. But I think it's really important to take it back to that question of whenever you're considering doing or not doing anything, is it what God would have you do with your body? Yeah, is it the, the most great. noble purpose of why God gave you your body, God gave you your time, and God gave you your moral agency? Mm-hmm. And if you can confidently say, yes, I think this is what would be most important to God, mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. If you have pause or you're not sure or you find yourself throwing out a lot of weak justification, um, then there's probably something more noble you could choose to do. Mm-hmm. And in that time, and sometimes it takes time, like sometimes over time, it's going to take years before you can accept certain things about your body and Mm -hmm. and feel better about them or um, before you can kind of fine tune your sensibilities to learn how to do more productive things. Yeah. If you're wondering too, like sometimes you question whether the thing you want to do is right or not. We have tons of resources for it. We have the scriptures, of course. Um, we have personal revelation. Tons we of have words talks. of the prophets. We have the church handbook. We've gone to a few right. times with questions. We're like, are, is that something that we're supposed to do or not? Right. And we've looked it up in the church handbook. Yeah. And you, of course, you, if you're questioning it, you could say, well, I read the words on the page. I don't know. If you add prayer or what spirit you feel while you're reading those things, you'll know the answer. You will. Yeah. God's not going to leave you no. in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, just one small example I'll share before we close, mm-hmm. um, before we end the, before we close, <laughs> makes it sound like a lesson. Brother it's almost, Michael. It's almost time for the bell to be rung and then the Sunday school presidency will come in and give us the two minute warning. Um, but one thing that, that I've been thinking about as we've been talking is like, even just something as simple as the way that you look, right? So 
when I was a kid, I was playing on the tire swing and I chipped, I fell and my front tooth hit the chain of the tire swing and it chipped a huge chunk off of it. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's listening who hasn't seen a picture of me smiling, I have one of my two front teeth. One is much shorter than the other. And I had to go to the dentist and they filed it down so it wasn't as jagged, but it's still shorter than the other. And then also I have super crowded teeth, was too poor to have braces as a kid. Um, and so my teeth overlap. So if you look closely at my smile, it's very crooked and uneven. However, and when I was a kid, that bothered me. And as a mm -hmm. teenager, that really bothered me. But then I started noticing like some of my favorite people, whether like celebrities or people uh -huh. I know, who had the most character and kind of genuine and, and interesting smiles were people who had really imperfect smiles. Mm -hmm. And I started noticing people who had really perfect straight teeth, <laughs> they all look the same. Like all their smiles just basically kind of look exactly like anyone else with perfect straight teeth. Mm -hmm. And so even though that, you know, injury or whatever you would call it, that mm -hmm. damage happened after it wasn't what God gave me. It wasn't the smile God gave me and mm -hmm. the crowding could have been helped with braces. And like some of these things were beyond, yeah. you know, anyone's control. This is the smile that I have. And when I was a teenager, I would always smile with my lips closed, oh. you know, kind of that, just the green yeah. thing because <laughs> I, I was self-conscious about it. And I looked like yeah. I was miserable. I yeah. looked like I was super unhappy. And there's this one particular picture from like a winter ball or something that my friend invited me to, and she was like a super kind, super awesome person. Mm -hmm. I have still friends with her, have tons of respect for her. I had a fantastic time. Like Aww. I was a homeschool kid, didn't get to go to a ton of things. So yeah. it was great being her date. Her family was like super, you know, wealthy and they planned this whole thing. And I loved it. And I felt like it was, you know, like I was like Cinderella <laughs> getting to be involved in this thing. And yeah. it's great. But the picture from it, I look like I'm miserable because Aww. I was self-conscious about my dang smile. So all this to say, it took me, well, decades really to realize that I like my smile. And if I smile genuinely, that's what matters. Mm -hmm. And so now, I mean, anyone who knows me, like I'm super quick to smile. I'm yeah. smiling constantly, even a lot of times when I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Inappropriate times, I'm laughing and smiling. But it had to be a point where I realized, okay, this is the smile I have. I can still do a lot of good with it. I should stop hiding it. Yeah. And no good is coming from being self-conscious about and hiding yeah. it. And so that's one really small example. But I, I think that we all have those things that, you know, our body, about our body that make us feel self-conscious or make us feel like, mm -hmm. oh, well, it's my body's different in this way. Or why isn't it more like this person? Mm -hmm. Or why isn't it more like that person? Or I admire this in this person. Yeah. But I think ultimately what it comes down to is God is expecting us to do the most good with whatever it is that we have. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the final judgment, he's not going to say, Todd, why did you slip on that tire swing and let your tooth get chipped? Yeah. Todd, why didn't you figure out a way to get braces? He's going to say, you made a ton of people smile because you were, had a ready smile mm -hmm. and were willing to smile and help them and, and make their lives brighter well done. Yeah. And so that's, again, just one small example, but I think it's important for us to keep that perspective that you do the best you can with the cards you were dealt with mm -hmm. what you have, mm -hmm. whether you're short, tall, big nose, little nose, yeah, 
<laughs> pale skin, dark skin. I think I hear big forehead is one right Big now. forehead. <laughs> right? Isn't that one people hate? <laughs> Sorry, right Desnat, but a big forehead <laughs> can still do a lot of good. I was about to name some names of some friends that we have that prove that to be true, but I won't name names. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening. This is a longer episode, but mm. uh, a later episode became a longer episode because yeah. baby kept sleeping. Yes. Oh. Success. <laughs> and uh, if you have any feedback, any things that um, you would like to hear us talk about in the future, always let us know at Latterday Doofus or at Latterday Snark on Twitter. Send us a DM or tag us. And until next time, love your body because God wants you to love it. Satan is the one that wants you to hate it. Don't let him win. Bye, everybody. Bye.